everybody. Welcome to the Seattle Suckers Report. Uh, welcome to our new patrons. And welcome to... I'm Greg, of course. I'm here with Brian. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and we're here with, joined by, in a uh, return appearance, our uh, Washington State correspondent am i a correspondent now wow uh, yeah you're you're actually greg kind of is letting the game you know go here and that uh you're the only one in washington state right now the only one yeah. <laughs> me and greg are on a, on a i'm secret, halfway uh, across the pacific we're on oh actually God. separate secret islands bunkering down wow Co- coming to you via satellite <laughs> uh uh, Cassidy, we've got Cassidy or Corn, as some of you <laughs> know her. I guess I Hi, was not introduced Lauren. to Cassidy that way, so I always call her Cassidy. I hope is that's it Cassidy okay. Corn. Whatever. Is it Corn with a K? No, 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 no. No, don't worry. <laughs> I was hoping there was some backstory there. <laughs> oh, there's a backstory, but no, it actually has to do with my name starting with a C and like getting the name mixed up. It, it's it's a long thing, and so we just landed on Corn. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do, should we call you corn? Should I call you corn? Oh, you can call me either Cassidy or corn. Okay. I was yeah. introduced to you as Cassidy. So yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm going to stick with that. Cool. Um, if that's, if that's yes. cool. Well, um, thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, I feel a little old to call somebody corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it's her name, <laughs> if it's her fucking name, that's fine. Well, but no, like, see, there's a certain part of your life, like the first 25 years where you call people corn. Then you call them by their name, and then in the right. twilight years, you go right back to calling them corn. I feel like if <laughs> Cassidy really wanted me to call her corn, I would have been like introduced that way. I would have made like, sure. It feels like right. a yeah. familiarity that I'm not entitled to, <laughs> and uh, we're going to keep it professional because, again, Cassidy is our Washington State politics correspondent, and yeah, the sound drop for that will be... Respondent. Ooh. <laughs> oh god oh I god help it. It could will it be a uh just a big snore like <laughs> huh? <What>? um, <laughs> which is why which is why we need to bring cassidy on because our brains brian and mine have already been damaged by so many subjects but like the latest one over the last two years uh following seattle politics relatively closely and i just i can't i can't i can't understand how the state of washington works who those people are what's going on Uh, like do we have is there like a president of the state (laughs) like i don't even understand how the state government works to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah like how it functions well they meet in the capital tacoma right no Um, yeah (laughs) i was like first off the capital is not seattle so it already doesn't make sense to me it doesn't no yeah um (laughs) No, I am just enough removed from Seattle. I live in Snohomish County, um, which, I mean, that that's rough in some ways as it is. But, yeah, no, I definitely – I still dabble in the Seattle stuffs. But, yeah, I, I definitely am happy to give you guys more of a statewide perspective. So the uprisings uh, against the cops have taken up so much of our uh, brain space, you know, as, along with a lot of other people that – you know, we haven't talked as much about the other, like, massive uh, global catastrophe that's ongoing, which is the uh, the plague we're all in. We're right. All no, through. and I mean, as it should take up our brain space for sure. But, yeah, there's 
a lot of shit going on at the same time, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just haunted by living in this, like, this world historical time, this sort of global pandemic that is, it, it, it is, it's totally global, and yet it is being experienced uh, extremely differently everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, the U.S. is, of course, like a big outlier. Um, and the weird thing is, if you're really only paying attention to what's going on in the U.S. or, you know, Washington State gets praise. It has from the beginning, really, um, and consistently from you know, national outlets gets praise for being and, and here locally, too, I think, for being possibly one of the best, if not literally the best responses to coronavirus. You know, it's the first place uh, coronavirus broke out in, in the U.S., uh, as far as we know. And, you know, pretty much since that moment and we talked about, you know, this back in March, but this persists that like. President Inslee's government uh, has uh, gets praise for being, you know, being the competent Democrat who just like handled it and did the shit we need to do, even in those outlets that have gotten, you know, critical on, say, Cuomo in New York and said, try, tried to peel back that facade as being sort of bankrupt, all the praise uh, they've gotten there. And Inslee has been used as like a counterpoint, like, look, actually, the good thing that's going on is in Washington state and the fucked up thing, the thing that sort of haunts me, this paradox that haunts me is that that may actually be true, that it may actually be true that Washington state is dealing with this shit better than fucking anyone else in America. And yet that is such an incredibly horrifyingly low fucking bar that it puts Washington state's response to this in among the worst in the fucking globe. Uh, and so, like, that's just a weird... That's a weird thing to wrap my head around. And so, like, and now, again, we talked about this at the beginning of all this, back in March, um, about how the state wasn't doing enough. And eventually, you know, everything they were doing, the, the slow rolling shutdown that eventually came, sort of, but didn't really mean much. Um, now, we're being finally asked to wear masks as of uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, News Tribune on uh, Tacoma, the headline, Tacoma, the capital of Washington State, the headline on Friday, Washington State has reached an quote, explosive COVID-19 situation. What does that mean? And this is based on the, the previous day. The state is in an explosive situation as the coronavirus spreads, the state Department of Health said in its situation report last Friday, Friday on which there were 754 new COVID cases and seven deaths, which puts us at the highest rates of uh, infection since this all began. So bigger than the um, the peak in March that had us finally basically shut down. Yeah, no, it's I mean... From what we've been seeing, it, it's really disappointing because I think what it reminds me of is how like we look at Washington State as or not we, not us, but the country looks at Washington State as like so progressive. And, you know, we are leading the way on progressive legislation or this or that. And that's just not the case. You know, again, maybe if we're looking 
if the rest of the United States, States, which like sucks ass, we're doing okay. But it's the same thing with our COVID response. Inslee has over and over again dropped the ball, whether it be, you know, for the eviction stuff, for the unemployment stuff, for schools, like it's all just really bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the interesting thing is uh, what we're seeing is the despite the Republican Democrat dichotomy, uh, when an actual crisis hits, the sort of uh, menu of options that politicians and state actors are uh, both allowed and willing to take is pretty much exactly the same with just some extremely minor uh, differences, which is, you know, for Inslee, we had the initial shutdown when everybody panicked, but he then was pressured by business interests that, no, you actually have to reopen back up, which he's done, you know, and that is why we now have uh, the highest infection rate that we've had since the crisis began. And, uh, you know, I, I think it just shows the sort of hollowness, I guess, of that uh, dichotomy or, or political party dichotomy. Yeah, to reinforce that, I'll just read a little more from this News Tribune article about the State Health Department report. Uh, They say the report paints a grim picture of COVID-19 conditions in Washington. The state is in the early stages of a runaway outbreak, experts said. uh, To quote, Washington state is in the early stages of an exponential statewide outbreak that has zero chance of being reversed without changes to our collective behavior and policies to support that change, the report warns. This is a matter of utmost urgency. News Tribune goes on to say, uh, if transmission doesn't slow soon, officials said, schools might not be able to reopen and further restrictions, even lockdowns, could be necessary. So, think for a minute about the framing of that. You know, like, if transmission doesn't slow down, we might not be able to reopen further. And like reopen schools. Well, well it's like, here's the that's... question: Why would it slow down at this point? Right. I mean, what is tool... Jay Inslee doing to ensure that it is going to drastically slow down? Like, I don't see anything that's happening. Nothing. But like the the tool they're acting, even in this framing, as they're quoting these you know people from the state, the framing is that we have to get this under control so that we can open up. Right, right, and right. It's like the, the only tools we apparently have available here so far that anyone's identified seriously are not opening up, are not having kids in school, are not, you know, are are locking down the economy. Like, I mean, it's just fucking backward. Like now they're finally you couldn't argue. I think, you know, some places in the world have had um, very good luck with like universal um, testing combined with universal uh, mask participation, like everybody wearing a fucking mask. It's one thing to think about like how this has become this weird political uh, thing, this insane like culture war contrivance about masks, like the weird, like Facebook boomers, like uh, uh, getting enraged about having to wear a mask in a store. But it's like, Who's telling them to do it? It's not, obviously, it's not the federal government, though Trump today did just uh, basically start wearing a mask and tweeted about how it's, you know, he's wearing one because he's the most patriotic, uh, (laughs) your favorite president, which is like, fine. So Jay Inslee was like, uh, what, like three weeks ahead of Trump on this? Yeah, that's tight. Like, (laughs) 
there've been no uh there've there've been no mass like um uh distribution of masks there've been no there's been no major like all consuming campaign to educate people yep. on what they should be doing it's all press releases and twitter and then I, it's like the state government's like Inslee assumes everyone is reading that shit. Right. Like everyone is reading their fucking local newspaper or his Twitter account. And there's nothing else to back that up. Yeah, no, my thing is like with Democrats in general, whether it be Biden, Inslee, but like especially Inslee, like if we aren't going to be bold now, then when are we going to be bold? Like seriously. I mean, it was like 20% or some crazy thing. I'll pull up the numbers later, but like a crazy amount of people who rent have not been able to pay their rent. Like there's tens of thousands of people who still haven't gotten unemployment checks. And like, what is he doing? I just, it's really disappointing. And at this point, because, you know, I am unemployed, I'm at home. So I try to watch his um, press briefings when I can. And a majority of the time, what he's doing is, A, he's blaming individuals, which, yes, people need to wear masks for sure. But guess what? It's not fucking happening. And this is because a failure of the state, not because of a failure of individuals. Yeah. And then the yeah, other absolutely. thing he does is he blames the federal government. So, yes, obviously, the federal government has failed us. But instead of pointing up and pointing down, why not fucking do something bold? I just I don't get it. Well, like, okay, from his Twitter account, um, he's like the latest. This is today. The latest uh, data shows highest new case weekly average ever. We cannot let this virus get out of control. And then he, it's, uh, he's got several like infographics and shit about fa- phases and counties that no one fucking understands. No one knows. No one in this state knows what phase their county is in, and how no. would they unless they're like religiously following Jay Inslee's fucking Twitter account. And then he says, we need individuals to step up. Yep. He doesn't even, he can't even say people or communities or all of us. He literally directly says individuals. The, if we don't get the virus under control, we will have to take steps backward. We cannot rule out the possibility of another stay at home order this year. So he's basically threatening people with a stay at home order because that's all they can imagine is uh, the, like press conferences and threats. Like there's just no vision for anything larger. Well, in the mask thing, I mean, this is neoliberalism 101, which is take a mask problem and then just blame individuals that you can put on screen for. Right. And that's I mean, that's why the culture war is so important for neoliberalism. But the reality is, is that other countries that have lower mask wearing rates have actually had much better luck with covid than here, and that has nothing to do with does you know do the mass work or not. It's because they did things like provide public supports for people to stay home, yeah. right? right? They did massive you know contact tracing and testing and all that kind of stuff. So I mean the you know this issue, I think Democrats want to put it you know all in this. Uh, it's about masks and deplorables, not wearing masks. And this is a failure at literally every level of the American system, right? It's the complete failure of a healthcare system that stopped, you know, if it ever worked, it stopped working a long time ago. It's the complete failure 
of a social system where, you know, the individual, and by individual, of course, we only mean billionaires, is valued over, you know, everyone, right? It's a complete failure of uh, a social system that essentially destroyed the whole entire concept of community, right? In exchange for uh, a concept of vipers and fucking, you know, bloodsuckers instead, right? And it's, you know, this is the failure we're looking at. And certainly a, you know, hack like Inslee isn't prepared to do anything about it except make it worse. When Inslee talks about individuals, a lot of the time he puts the blame on young people. Um, And, you know, one of the things is he's saying, well, young people, they're going out and partying or they're hanging out with friends and doing this. But the reality of the situation is young people are getting infected more often because they're the ones who are essential workers. They're the ones who are on the front lines. And guess what? If I have to fucking go to work, I want to be able to see my friends, you know, like you can't expect people to work 40, 60 hours a week, barely be able to pay their rent amidst a pandemic and then just go home. So if you want people to go home, they have to be home all the time, not just not hang out with their friends. Well, I, yeah, I think you hit on a, on a clear point. That's why the like telling people to just start wearing a mask at this point is never going to fucking work. No. Which is that if the state had done that from the beginning and been serious from the beginning, people might have taken it seriously. But now they fucked around, right? Exactly what you said, which is that, you know, oh, you can't, um, you know, hang out with your friends at home. But no, it's totally okay for you to have to go to Starbucks and like work at Starbucks, exactly. right? And it's like that makes no goddamn sense to anybody. So they they do what I think is the natural thing to do, which is interpreted as it's just all being bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, you know, and uh, and That's just how my like family interprets it. I know. Yeah, and I mean, just to like kind of dot the eye on it, you know, in Inslee's you know, press release or whatever, you know, he said, look, guys, we're going to have to uh, limit, you know, close gatherings or whatever. And so he lists, uh, you know, a list of social gatherings that he wants to be kept like under 10 people or whatever. And he's got book clubs on there and barbecues and cocktail parties and uh, social clubs. And the one thing he doesn't have on there is fucking work. The social, ga- the biggest and social gathering we're and all church. forced to be in. Yeah, and church and things like that. And it's like, <laughs> you know, at some point, this is just bullshit like and i think people read it and they're like you know either this isn't a big deal that's why the state doesn't care or we're just saying fuck it apocalyptic mode right you know and i I think people are kind of they're becoming accustomed to that and that's uh that's bad right and again i mean it's so easy to blame people who don't wear masks but insley over and over again says that we care about science we listen to science here in washington state and the science Mm -hmm. shows that when people were paid to stay home they stayed home and the numbers went down significantly. Yeah. So yeah, it, that seems pretty fucking clear. Yeah, it's inarguable that the, uh, the this boom across the country is because of people going to work. It's businesses reopening. People know, you know? they're fucking, uh, you know, obviously there's been a push nationwide to reopen businesses. But people also know their extra unemployment benefits are about to run out. They're looking at like they're they're able to calculate their last few hundred checks they're going to get. And go, oh fuck! I mean, I better, I better get, I better be one of the first. I better go back to work now, so uh, I can because right. when you know next month, no, you're not gonna be able to get a fucking job in this country. Yeah, no. Um, So like just last month, it's I guess like over 300,000 people paid their rent with their unemployment benefits. Of course. So when those obviously, of course, but when those $600 a week go away, like 
that's going to be an additional 300,000 people that may or may not be able to pay their rent unless they go back to work. So young people are being put in a situation where they have to choose between either not being able to pay their rent and eviction protections are going away after this month. And I think we'll get into that or yeah, they get sick. Yeah. And I think so like an interesting story uh, when we switch, I mean, again, this is just goes to like how I think unserious the state is about this. Right. Uh, When, King County went from phase one to the completely made up on the spot in the moment phase 1.5. It's yeah. So made up. Uh, yeah. They basically, you know, Inslee has these press conferences. So my, my uh, girlfriend, Bren, she works as a nanny. Right. And so she's trying to figure out when she's supposed to go back to work. So she's actually watching these horrifying press conferences. Right. That literally it's just hours of gobbledygook. <laughs> like it, he says nothing for hours. Right. And then you have to then go to all the newspapers and see if they can, you know, interpret the uh, etchings that Inslee's put the on the wall entrails. and what they fucking mean, you know? And so she spent a week trying to figure out if, Phase 1.5 opened up domestic work again. Now, the thing is, her employer, who's, you know, just rich people in Seattle, right? The people can afford nannies. You know, they don't give a shit about... Yeah, they don't give a shit about any of this. So the second Inslee was like, phase 1.5 or has a press conference, they're immediately contacting and going, no, you have to be in work right Right. now. Like, you need to come into work right now. So that it gives, you know, the vagueness of it all gives the employers all the power to essentially force workers into doing things that are unsafe, that they don't feel safe doing or whatever. And in the end... You know, had she gone in and gotten sick, guess who would have gotten blamed? She would have gotten blamed. Oh, like, why'd you Why'd you yeah. go in? It wasn't you know opened up yet. Did Didn't you read the phase one point well, five? No, but you know hieroglyphics. Even gotten blamed right? for that. She would have gotten blamed for yeah. uh, you know going to cocktail parties with her friends exactly. and then yeah. going into work children. and putting those rich people's children at risk. Right? right? Yeah. Like, but I, because we're putting we are working toward what whatever is you know whatever track this has been on from just the total inability to imagine or allow any of the real things that government would need to do to combat this um for being just like ideologically like uh beyond the pale to then having to go oh shit the only thing we can do now is shut down the economy and then having to react to that as being absolutely you know just to maintain basic legitimacy in the face of a new and growing uh, horror that they don't have the, they did not have the uh, rhetorical, like and historical tools to, um, to buffet the like effects of, uh, of their own power. Right. Like this is what I said back in March. Like they, all they need to do is close down the economy for long enough to get in a room and make like things that look like a plan and PowerPoint slides that they can do in press releases that make it sound like they're still in charge and know what they're doing. And then the press will stop like talking about this in the urgent way they were so they can reopen. And that's what they've done. And the way they're going to, they seem to be squaring it now is by, yeah, by blaming people so that when this does get out of control, the people who will be at fault for all this is the people who got sick. And yeah. in a slightly larger way, you know, whatever uh, vague classes of people they land on, like, yeah, young people and poor people uh, who they'll make up these reasons, these bullshit like people, you know, going to their fucking gender reveal parties, um, <laughs> uh, which honestly, those people should be blamed. But um, totally, totally. <laughs> but, you know, they'll blame 
the people who got sick as like evidence of of their guilt, you know, it's like some kind of like uh, witch burning or something. And then more broadly, just, uh, yeah, the most marginalized groups will get this finger wagging going, see, because you didn't do the uh, personal things in your personal life. It's this extension of, yeah, like the whole, you know, the whole progressive neoliberal program of like you know you you need to like recycle and like buy organic and vote with your dollar and that's how we're going to stop global warming and we're just seeing this play out the lie of this play out in a much shorter time span of like but they're still going to do it even though it's like patently insane they're still going to do it anyway they're still just going to say it and uh, let themselves get away with that. Right. No, it's like all of us should be, you know, recycling or like making sure we turn our lights off. Like, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things, but the reason why our climate is fucked is not because of individuals who don't do those things. Yeah. No. And it's the and, same thing with COVID. And, COVID, and right. individuals doing those things isn't going to stop it from being no. fucked too, which no. is the other problem, right? So until the state or the federal government, whatever it may be, until they step the fuck up, it does not matter what us as individuals do. Yeah. Now, Cassidy, what's happening in Eastern Washington right now? Speaking of blaming individuals. Yeah, no. And that's a really great example or terrible, I guess, of, you know, you can't blame fucking the individuals when we see that in, in Yakima, we are seeing 44% um, of people who are infected are Hispanic, you know, that is not the fault of the individual. That is the fault of the state who has not taken precautions to make sure that workers are protected. Um, at one of those press conferences from Inslee that I watched, I think it was last week, um, they were talking about how they're still working on COVID relief for undocumented workers, still working yeah. on it. And we're in July, like... Yeah, and I mean, the four counties with the uh, highest rate of infection in the state are all centered in the Yakima, you know, valley, right? Where right. all the farm workers are. And it's literally because when Inslee put those million carve-outs in during the quote-unquote shutdown, he basically said, farm workers have to go to work and uh, we'll just leave it up to the famously even-handed farm owners to decide, you know, the safety precautions for them. And we're seeing the fucking results of that, right? That is, I mean, that could not be more directly the fault of the state, actually. Right. And, you know, I always bring it back to Iowa because that's just who I am. But, um, you know, like <laughs> we saw people get pissed the fuck off at Kim Reynolds, who's the governor of Iowa, for how um, people at the meatpacking uh, facilities were being treated, how they were being forced to go to work, forced to work shoulder to shoulder. Um, but that's happening right here in eastern Washington yeah. with yeah. Jay Inslee. It's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 truly unbelievable. And yeah, so you end up with these things like, you know, uh, the, the Latinx population in Washington having, you know, an you know, infection rate five times that of the white population. Right. You know, and it's like it's what we're seeing is a disease that is being, I mean, in all but I guess maybe the most uh, obvious uh, ways intentionally concentrated among poor people, you right. know, tech workers have already been told like, no, you stay home till the new year or whatever. But, you know, if you work minimum wage jobs, if you work in the service industry, no, you have to come in, you know. And what is that other than concentrating the illness as much as you can amongst, you know, the poor, right? Because fuck them, I guess. I guess, we're, I guess Bill Gates is getting his population reduction after all. Exactly. Yeah. I know. It, and just like, so not only are 
the Hispanic populations being disproportionately affected by COVID, but they're also being disproportionately affected by um, evictions. So 24% of uh, the people, so the, let me go back a little bit. The census, since the um, pandemic has started, yeah, they've been doing this housing pulse survey. And so they found that, yeah, 24% of those that they talked to that were um, unable to pay their rent last month were Hispanic compared to 8% of white people. So, yeah. And, and I think you know, Washington state is what, like 70% white people. Yeah. I mean, it seems like wow. more most of the time, yeah. but you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things too. I remember, you know, so the state, you know, instantly had put a, a, an eviction moratorium, which is by the way, is up on August 1st, but had put it this eviction moratorium. And, and I remember even at the time, not just cranks like us on the show, normal people even were like, this is crazy. You can't just have an eviction moratorium no. during mass unemployment. You have to have, you know, you either have to waive rents, have renter forgiveness, or, you know, you have to pay people to pay their rent or whatever. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to walk immediately into a massive eviction crisis, which in the middle of a pandemic, which, by the way, when the when the eviction crisis starts here, we're going to be in the worst part of the pandemic up to that point. Uh, and it's going to cause it to spread even faster. Right. Yeah. And again, concentrating in a very specific population of the state, not the Gateses, not the, yeah. the Durkins. Yeah, the, the difference <laughs> is at that time when this stuff was passed, when, you know, the state level eviction moratorium was announced, when the federal government, when Congress passed the giant COVID bailout bill that also managed to get through the door of uh, that, the extra 600 and the POA, unemployment program and uh the the um individual checks the $1200 checks this is all these things that were happening in a in a moment of political panic because all of our leaders at every level felt i think a looming like crisis of legitimacy i don't think they give a shit if anyone poor lives or dies but they they saw this was an unknown unprecedented thing that they didn't know how to deal with and that like fear of the unknown i think is really what motivated even these small things to kick the can down the road till well now and but now like i said like jay insley he has had time to put together the powerpoint slides come up with this phases bullshit come up with this line about blaming individuals and how we need to step up just like you know our recycling penance and he has practiced all this in front of the mirror and so that he can say if he he's already not going to get any tough questions from uh the press because the well-worded press releases will already be in their hands that they that explain to them how they're supposed to report on this and if he does get in anything he will have a polished answer that he can confidently like know uh sound like he knows what he's talking about like we're doing the reasonable um you know competent democratic thing and that's the only difference i think i think the actual stakes of like people's lives um whether directly because of the disease or the economic fallout like i i think these people are just beyond considering that all they can consider is their own like um political legitimacy yeah, no, but my thing is, like, I do, Inslee definitely only cares about his political legitimacy, but I feel like even with that, he's dropping the fucking ball. Oh, I yeah. mean, I look at this, and maybe you guys think that I'm totally crazy for thinking this, but 
you know, the last two statewide elections or whatever initiatives we had um, were last year we had the affirmative action uh, initiative and then the one for car tabs. And both of them failed statewide. Like, I don't, I think Inslee should be worried about his chances right now because even people in his quote unquote like safe areas here, I think they're pissed off at him too. And so like his whole thing of kind of like trying to ride the line on both sides, like not Mm -hmm. be too bold either way. Like he's just fucking himself over on both sides. Well, you know, I think that if uh, the 2016 election taught us anything, it's that Democrats are fucking geniuses at figuring out what people want (laughs) and uh, do a great job at it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it just shows how disconnected uh, they really are from like just normal people, which I mean, that's what happens when you live in a society as unequal as ours is that we actually do live in different worlds. Like, totally. and, and for people like Inslee, Jenny Durkin, right, Hillary Clinton in the previous election, uh, Joe Biden lives in a different world for different reasons at this point in his life. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, they literally live on a different planet. They look at the rest of us as an alien species would. Like, they have no ability to understand us or anything like that. And I think that's part of what we're seeing, too, is that he, he thinks he's, you know, gathering his legitimacy. But, you know, if there's several you – know, King County is this, you know, stronghold – we're looking at maybe a hundred thousand evictions over the next month or two. Right. You know, how long no, it, in, in the next 10 days, we are going to be losing no. our $600 a week. We're going to be losing our eviction protections unless he does something about it. Kids are going to be going to school in the next couple of weeks. Like things are about to get fucked. Yeah. And I think, you know, he, uh, I mean, he's going to like pile up a mound of corpses, you know, from COVID and then stand on top of it wearing a face mask that says I fucking love science on it and tell people about his new phase, you know, 3.1 or something. But I don't know that people are going to buy at that point. They're going to be fucking pissed, you know? No. And I think one of the things, too, that you mentioned is, you know, like he's so out of touch with what normal people are going through. And I think what actually makes it even worse, not to say necessarily that our electeds always or even super frequently, you know, um, represent us very well. But the fact that all of our representatives and senators are not in Olympia right now to represent issues on, you know, coastal Washington or eastern Washington or central Washington, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. know what the fuck's happening. And and a lot of representatives and senators have said that they've said, look, we want to give insight on what's happening in our communities, what would help our communities. But he's just acting unilaterally and he doesn't want to call a special session. Yeah. You actually think, uh, Cassidy, that uh, there could be, uh, this could be a tighter race for Inslee? I do. I mean, I think obviously, so if you've seen the ballot, there's like, what, 20 people running for the primary. So obviously, I mean, he's going to get top percent for the primary. Well, for, and it's yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, primary. Um, but, you know, a, a Republican will get through. And I think that if he continues to drop the ball and again, things are going to get really fucking bad in the next like 30 days, like really bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it'll be tighter for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be relying on the exact same thing that Donald Trump's relying on, right, to get reelected, which is the other party shooting themselves in the dick so fucking hard that they bleed to death before the fucking election. Right. And, uh, you know, 
again, I mean, it, it mirrors the national conversation just, you know, uh, flipped around so well and that the Democrats probably could have walked anybody into the White House, but they chose Joe Biden. So now they're probably yep. going to lose, you know, I mean, and I think astonishingly Inslee uh, could uh, end up staying in there just because the Republicans choose, you know, uh, uh, like pedophile clown or something. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, like, I, it, go ahead. Go on, Cassidy. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, I always bring it back to Bernie because he's my boy, but like. Who has done the most for us in this fucking pandemic? Bernie fucking Sanders. He's so, like, yeah. I'm not saying he and himself, but like he was a huge fucking advocate for the $600 a week. Absolutely, that yeah. That is some of the boldest, like most life-changing legislation that has been passed in a really fucking long time in yeah, our country. Absolutely. Which is insane. It's uh, so sad. It's insane. And that's going to be taken away from us lives. because... That's going to be taken away from us because even that was considered too much. Well, look, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was got through by Bernie Sanders by basically threatening to uh, filibuster that bill if that didn't happen. And they were it was they were all in such a rush because they were feeling this fear of legitimacy yep. about their inability to deal with well, this crisis. That, and there was a massive bailout for real estate interests in that bill. Right. Right. They knew they knew they needed that bailout. And so basically, you know, Bernie was like. Hey, if the rich people want this money, they're going to have to knock some crumbs off the plate for poor people. And it's sad that that is literally the gold standard of the Democratic Party. They haven't done anything of that caliber for decades. You yeah, know, I think like for even anyone. a lot of them, I think Nancy Pelosi, I think I've said this before, but I think probably when they passed it, they didn't realize what they were doing. No. I think yeah. they probably all thought that when Bernie said we need to increase the um, I really honestly think this is true. This is not even a joke. When Bernie said we need to increase the weekly benefits for everyone getting unemployment to an extra 600 a week across the board, they probably instinctively thought that the increase amount he's talking about couldn't possibly be more than the actual That's benefit so for most touch. people. Yep. I think oh, yeah. Because yep. most people, like this, the max anyone's getting in America a week is 850 at base. Yeah. But a lot of people are getting a lot less than that down to like, like uh 200 a week mine's around like 480 before the 600 a week yeah. so yeah i mean like and these people could never even fucking fathom having that little money no i swear to god they probably all when they heard the 600 number used that to contextualize it in their head and thought uh the weekly unemployment benefit must be like three thousand a week yeah, right. no, they were. And when they found out what it really was, they went, oh, shit. But it was too late. They'd well, and when they it. found out it was more than what people make on the federal minimum wage, that was a problem for them, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, they're literally like, I mean, this is the different world. Like they're Lucille Bluth talking about the cost of bananas. Right. right. Where they're just sitting there like going, how much could a weekly unemployment benefit be? Five thousand dollars. You know, like they just it, it's. But again, yeah, is it? Is it any different for Inslee? Like, I think yeah. that's the problem. Again, is he is so out of touch with what the fuck is going on in people's real lives that well, he's going to rely on that, right? Right. To get reelected, like this mirrors exactly. So, like, he's going to hope that a, like you said, Brian, just that the other party shoots itself so hard in the dick, uh, and that on the flip side, everybody else sort of uh, is at least somewhat as out of touch as he is enough people are who actually vote are close to as out of touch as he is. And I, that's, that's possible because that those two things are mirrored exactly in the strangers endorsement of him in this primary, which I think I will, um, 
read part of for you. So it basically it's two <laughs> paragraphs. It's the first paragraph. Uh, okay, let's see. Our choices for the highest executive position in the state are Tim Iman, an alleged chair th- thief, liberator of discount office furniture. First off, they should stop bringing that up because that's the coolest thing about Tim Iman is he stole totally. that chair. Yeah, like, that that makes him enormously relatable and cool. Seriously, honest that that is how I yeah. I mean, it's definitely the least terrible thing he's done. Yes, it is oh, literally yeah. the, the least evil thing he's ever done in his life. Yeah, um, and it's honestly funny to just roll a chair out of office backs or whatever he was at. I mean, that's funny. Like, it, honestly, it's yeah. it's it's a baller move. Um, uh, who wants to take away trains and buses? Lauren Culp, a small town police chief who promised not to invoke enforce voter approved gun safety laws and who was accused in a lawsuit <laughs> of botching it. a child sexual abuse <laughs> investigation and intimidating the victim with threats of a false claims charge. According See, to the that, Times. That's who the Republicans are going to like. Yeah, put yeah, yeah, up, yeah. Probably, Joshua you know, Freed, like... <laughs> a churchy anti-vaxxer that news that a news the new that. Uh, that Jesus. Uh, this is a typo. They called a magnet for controversy. Good space guy and literally 31 other people who are self-evidently bonkers or who would have no chance. 31? Or our current uh. two-term governor who spends most of his political capital trying to tackle the largest and most pressing existential threat to humanity, which is bullshit. He has this brand as the... The, his whole brand as the, the, climate uh, the climate guy is just his can was just his campaign slogan. It's that is that fucking thin. Um, but okay, so it's exactly that. It's like, look, um, it's probably is gonna come down to fucking him and Tim Iman. Um, but again, like if people if all people say about Tim Iman is uh he wants to take away the uh the big cities trains and buses and and he once just fucking walked out like a fucking player out of a uh, <laughs> like what you would love to do, what you dream of doing. You like uh, ex-urban Washingtonian voter who would just like love to walk into Office Depot and just roll some shit out <laughs> that you wanted, um, you know. And then, OK, so that's 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 the strangers, uh, you know, first half of the argument here. Um, and then the second with uh you know, among those choices, uh, we're going with Mountain Zaddy and half decent whistler Jay Inslee. Yes, he's basically a standard issue corporate Democrat who once delivered Boeing the largest tax break in the U.S. history, who actually thinks we may not need new progressive taxes that we definitely need to fill our nine million dollar budget hole, who dismissed riot gear as shin guards in our meeting, who voted for Joe Biden in the presidential primary, who approved covid-19 guidance for farm workers that doesn't go anywhere near far enough to protect them from outbreaks they're already enduring etc 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 we could go on but aside from caving too often to industry concerns he has done a good job steering the state through the pandemic and if he gets a few more democratic senators oh god who are serious about climate change he promises really really good things are going to happen on that rapidly melting front vote in Imagine how fucking stupid you would have to be to believe that Jay Inslee's going to do anything about climate change. The guy who uh, basically works at a Boeing's office. I mean, just fucking astonishing. Sorry. sorry. Also, he has no power to do that. Um, yeah. He ran for president on that. Didn't work. He can't do anything about climate change as governor of Washington State. Um, yeah, it's, it's insane. That's, sorry. That's, that's no, it's, it's, it's idiotic. 
Um, so how many people... But, but they honestly that- believe he has done... I will, I'll read this quote yeah. again. He has done a good job steering the state through the pandemic. Yeah. This I was mean, published I think fucking is- last week. <laughs> July 17th. This was published July 17th. Three oh, that was the day, that was the, the, day, day the Washington State fucking uh, health department released the explosive situation report. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Do you ever think that maybe we just shouldn't have any newspapers? Well, no, I was going to say, like, this is just further evidence that the stranger is, like, totally cringe and terrible. But Look, I mean, it, it you know, they do. Like we have shit on the stranger a lot. They do. Do you remember some people we there who do a lot of good work? Greg, do you What's remember that? last year the endorsement cover? Like, y- come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've. But honestly, you know, yeah, there is. There's often a lot to complain about, and the, uh, the endorsements are certainly one of those things. I mean, they're not wrong. I mean, honestly, look, they're instrumentalizing this. You know, I think if you got someone who wrote this, uh, you know candidly they'd be like look what do you want that that's all it is true that's all there is um and they do go out of their way to sit, like say he's like actually sucks but but then the but the the but is that they still apparently believe that he's doing a good job getting us through the pandemic which i just like wh- where is the fucking evidence of that like the fact that he is on the right side of trump in this is like how could that be a fucking a uh, badge of honor, like just to be doing better than the federal government. It's insane. Because that is the bar in the United States of America is just better than Trump. Yeah. <sighs> and really like better. It doesn't even have to be better in a material way, just better no. in an aesthetic, you know, whatever way. Right. Well, that's been the, the Cuomo phenomenon for sure. Oh, and, and by the way, this you reading this has convinced me that Tim Iman's going to win the governor because the thing is, is that he's going to, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, too, is that like uh, I'm right, in for a penny, in for a pound. I'll say it too. Tim yeah. Iman's going to win. Holy shit! I can't. Oh my god, Tim Iman's going to win. Is that in their list of negatives? Right? They're like, I don't know if I even believe that, but I am putting it down a mark. I don't know if we, I believe this podcast it said it. Either, but here's the thing: it's definitely like in the realm of possibility. For oh me. yeah. Oh, yeah, extremely possible. Because yeah. in that thing, like in the list of negatives, right? They wrote, uh, you know, he basically let it, <laughs> let shit run wild amongst farm workers, so like in eastern Washington. And what he's talking about is that, you know, yeah, okay, so maybe COVID infection rates in eastern Washington are out of control. But who cares? We live in Seattle, right? Oh, like, and you know, I mean, this is going to be the campaign, right? Which will be yeah. everybody against Seattle, yeah. which honestly Seattle fucking deserves. But you know, I mean, Tim Iman can probably walk in on that. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, look, he's <laughs> had successful. That's a campaign Tim Iman has been running for over twenty years with yeah. a lot of success. He has been running that exact campaign. Yeah. Now imagine for a long when- time. Jay Inslee's stronghold is now ravaged by, you know, 100,000 evictions over the course of like two months. And, uh, you know, the protests in the street now are going to be like some fond memory and federal troops are just black bagging and gunning people down all the same flying Blackhawks, you know, just mowing fucking crowds of people down in Cal Anderson, uh, you know, I think that he might not win that election. Well, look, if 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 Seattle you know, progressives don't turn out in the numbers he needs, then he won't. No, yeah. and guess what? Like, if hundreds of thousands of people are displaced for the, from their homes, they are going to be a lot less likely to fucking turn in their mail-in ballots. Get their fucking ballots. 
Oh yeah. yeah, I mean it'll be a disaster. I mean, I mean that's obviously like the fucking least of our concerns, but exactly that will be the least of their concerns. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think you know, and for the stranger, I mean, you know, you're probably right in that if we got like the stupid electoral board from the stranger in here, they'd be like, oh, what's our choice or whatever. And the thing is, it actually, is another choice on there, which is to say, don't support any of these fuckheads. Right. Like, go yeah. in the street. When things like the only way we've won anything in Seattle lately has been in the fucking street. So like, fuck it. Governor's totally. race is stupid. Burn Olympia down. Like, <laughs> you know, like. And I think, honestly, I think that's kind of you know, that is I think a really like straightforward position to take here in this moment in Washington state. And that's, what's frustrating is that this response actually has been that bad. There is nothing to praise about the, about Inslee and the state's response to uh, COVID-19. We're still not uh, it's, you know, after all these months, we're not testing on the level that other countries were able to pull off basically immediately. We're not doing the contract tracing Um, again, like, as a national standard, we're beating that, but they're resting on that laurel completely. And they have from day one. And, you know, I mean, the, it comes down, I think to like a overshadowing it all is like a, just a total failure of leadership. And it's so massive that it can only like, you can only find it at, as like, you can only like locate that failure at like the base concept of leadership, like even imagining what leadership would look like. And he, you know, they are, Inslee is in like, uh, a, he is in an actual legitimately tight spot with just the performance of the federal government. Because the truth is, to really combat this at all, there needed to be a serious federal response. That's how our system works. And it's just the reality. Like we can't, you know, on the funding on everything like you do need the federal government but this is where the imagination and the sort of even concepts of leadership like completely escape our political class because and this applies to basically everything we're dealing with in this country um not just covid and i've said this before in this in this time if you were going to actually lead say the state of washington um, actually do like your best to be do do real progressive leadership in a time when the federal government is completely leaving the states behind. Um, the thing to do is to go all the way and highlight that difference. To he should be out every day. We should be spending money on should have from the beginning. We could you know I'm seeing these tweets, but I'm not seeing it on billboards, right? Like wear your mask that could be on every billboard we could have had support for renters and we could have had mass education programs we could have had mass spending on um you know healthcare in starting with testing and contract tracing but um everything else we could have given support to people who need to stay home because they've been exposed or they've been tested and tested positive you know we could have uh done this and from, you know, the Washington state government perspective, I'm sure this stuff wouldn't even occur to them for a lot of reasons. But if it did, if you could get into their heads in the first place, they'd say, well, you know, where we are, we're having a, we're going to have a, you know, like budget shortfall in the billions. We can't afford new spending. We can't like do anything about this. Um, and they might 
like signal to the federal government like you need to be doing this but honestly he's not even doing that that much he's sort of getting in these culturey fights with trump about like the sort of tone of everything but what you should do what we should be doing on housing in the city and the state level is just blowing every dollar on it we should the the actual leadership would be to bankrupt the state actually fighting for the people in the state to actually do whatever was necessary for whatever amount of money and let it actually come to how you know a year down the road the actual like insolvency of the state in service of actually having helped people and force that political crisis totally no and one of the things he keeps saying when he um, you know, comes up with excuses for not calling a special session to take care of that huge budget deficit is, you know, like you said, the federal government has totally fucking dropped the ball. And so he says that, you know, we don't want to come up with a new budget and spend the money if the federal government's going to give it to us later anyways. And it's like, really? That's insane. That, your leadership is just to sit and wait around while people literally fucking die, literally lose their homes, yeah. like, like are not able to access unemployment benefits. Well, and like, his whole thing is that uh, Trump is the greatest threat that America's ever faced or whatever. And it's like, but uh, but when it comes to spending money, we'll wait and see that he makes, you know, wait for him to do the right thing or whatever. I mean, it, it's insane. Like the disingenuousness of all of it shines through. And I think it shows the sort of reality of neoliberalism, too, is that it can't survive in a crisis, right? Once once a crisis happens, once some sort of serious economic crash occurs, it immediately death spirals. And that's well, it the can't state, quit right? itself in a crisis. I, we'll see yeah. if it can survive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll survive and it'll just grind us all in the face. Yeah, yeah, we can't but, survive. Yeah, but the thing is, is that, you know, this is what it does. A crisis happens and its response, its only response can be austerity. And you can sit there and say, hey, that austerity is going to make the crisis worse. And you can say that to your blue in the face, but you're just yelling at a wall because, you know, the idea of social spending, the idea of the collective good is so anathema. It's so, you know, outside the realm of possibility, outside the bound of civil discussion that it just you can't even come up. You know, it's just not even on the table, you know, yeah. which is why you can have uh, Jainsley in one hand say, uh, Donald Trump, he's a real uh, villain, whatever, you know, uh, uh, he's gay with Putin or whatever dumb shit the fucking Democrats are on this week. And then out of the other side of his mouth, all of a sudden just say, but we got to wait for him to do the right thing here. You know, and I mean, this is force him to do the right thing. This is, you know, this is the insanity of neoliberalism. It's also why we got to get off this train here gotta get out this electoral train right it's driving us off the fucking cliff i mean i agree with that but i will say that like what we've seen in seattle has shown us that like electoral politics can work if we fucking also go to the streets right yeah like and also you know but it starts with we have to fucking get people in office who aren't shitty you know jay inslee is shitty and so I just, I mean, I know that nobody's going to fucking run against him who's legitimate, but we really need to start thinking about, like, how do we get people who are really going to fucking fight for us in these elected offices? Because I totally agree with you in this moment, especially, it's really hard to be like, oh, just go vote. Because the people who represent us right now, when we vote for them, they don't fucking do shit. But if we started to develop and recruit and really give the resources to people, you know, like Sheree that's running Mm -hmm. for office. 
um, electoral politics, maybe they would work. Well, and I think the thing is we've gotten good candidates in Seattle that have literally come out of us being in the street, right? So right. Sawant came out of Occupy, right? right? And now we have a whole, you know, a host of uh, good to okay candidates, but, you know, but they came out of the fact that people have been in the streets over like Black Lives Matter. So we have a good candidate in Trey because of Black Lives Matter, because of people in the street, you know. Um, you Trey know, was endorsed by a stranger. Sheree was endorsed by the stranger, but the first sentence was she will, they will not win. And so that's why you should vote for them. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking wonderful. I mean, (laughs) you know, God, I hate the fucking stranger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's fucked up. Um, No, but we even, you know, even like, um, I think it's Macri, the other representative for the 43rd. She is saying to Inslee, like, look, I want to fucking be in session right now because I want to be fighting for rental assistance and eviction assistance. Like you are not doing enough. And so when we have people like that in office who actually are fucking willing to fight for us, it can make a difference. It's just, yeah, at this point, it's so disproportionate to fucking old, right, white, rich people that like there was a time in america when people's idea of america (laughs) burns music (laughs) when people's (laughs) idea of america was like it included its ability to respond to a crisis like you you know like i feel like every like 90s uh uh like disaster movie is like you know all the government agencies coming together and like really getting it done. And like, uh, you imagine picture, if you will, uh, a twilight zone where back in March already too late, but back in March, there were, you know, every few miles of a highway, there were big, you know, tents set up with drive by, uh, testing, you know, there were whole, you know, uh, networks of people doing contract tracing in the thousands uh from home uh you know all these things and then and people uh mobilized to you know funding for people who had to stay home who had to uh get out of work because they were exposed or sick like that just seems so obvious it seems like the society anyone would want to live in but we can't what we've come to find that that is just not even in the vaguest imagination of Jay Inslee or anyone around it. Yeah. I mean, Greg, we watched uh, the core recently. The core, that's what we watched. And, Fuck. And basically at the end, we're like the most sci-fi element of the core is thinking that the American state would do anything in a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> like other than write tax rate. Now, Cassie, you can uh, weigh in on this. I've run this theory by Greg, but uh, so one of my like, you know, long time obsessions was the the like moon landing hoax people right okay and for the longest time it's like i i just don't understand the obsession with this it just seems like such a, a weird and silly like axe to grind about like you know oh the moon landing is a hoax or whatever and then it, it finally occurred to me in the last maybe year or so that really what they're expressing is actually a very rational and very common sense idea which is they hear this story that the American state saw an impossible task in front of it, something that had never been done before. Fly a, you know, a person to the moon, drop them off, and bring them back, all right? And they coordinated all these resources, and they reached this impossible goal. And they look at that, and they say, bullshit. They can't even get people out of a flood. 
Right. You know, they yeah. can't even they can't do anything. The American state is completely useless and helpless. They can't get anything done. Right. Uh, especially a goal like that. OK, like if the, if the moon landing project was create a giant tax break for billionaires, I would believe it. But if it's anything like actually productive, no, thanks. I don't believe it. And, you know, I think it's an expression of people. It's what neoliberalism has done to people like psychically and done to their politics is they've become convinced that a state can't do anything. That it is impossible. Right. When in reality, it's like we see from things like the moon landing that if we want to do those Mm -hmm. things, we can do those things. It's just that we choose not to. Well, they've they've replaced the concept of will. I mean, this has been the like neoliberal propaganda. We've replaced the concept of will when it comes to the state with the concept of inability. Right. And like state of nature. Right. Like the state can't do anything just naturally as opposed to when it wants to do things it can. And when it when it doesn't do things, it's because it doesn't want to do them. Right. When it lets people die in Katrina, that's because they wanted those people to die, right? When it lets people die in a COVID crisis, it's because they want those people to die or at the very least are so completely indifferent to those people, they don't care if they die, right? And that is so horrifying for people that they would rather just believe that the state's incapable, right? Totally. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't even know what to say besides just that like, it's really fucking it's discouraging it's disheartening like and as an organizer i know that like i have faced a lot of like you know in this moment there's so much shit going on and you just you see the people at the top just totally not care at all about people that are literally fucking dying people that are losing their homes and so yeah i mean it's it's sometimes a despair for sure yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's rough, and yeah. And if I could maybe uh, just throw one more horrifying COVID story out there, just to get y'all's opinion on it. So COVID's like affecting, you know, this country in all sorts of interesting ways. But a friend from California, uh, from the Bay Area, sent me this article from the Sacramento Bee that basically, again, because uh, you know there's certain populations that we just don't give a shit about, they've let you know COVID run rampant in prisons, right? And the problem in California is that. Prison labor is a third of all the firefighters who do forest fire work in California, and they do all the most dangerous necessary work, too, so that literally they could have this. I mean, one of the effects of the covid pandemic is they could have a massive, you know, forest uncontrolled forest fire season in California because their slave labor system. They let like disease run rampant through all their slave labor camps. And I mean, it is an astonishing <laughs> like could the american state be explained better right in a single story uh, just astonishing <sighs> yeah. i mean that's you know we're gonna have we may we could see wildfires you know this summer in washington as well um all of this is going to come to a head at the same time and yeah it's so easy to imagine people out there in the wider in you know the state saying like this looks like it's fall falling apart and choosing not to go with the incumbent yeah insane so i mean yeah in the next like two weeks a lot of shit's gonna happen so i mean like we're already calling obviously that um iman is gonna win the election um do you guys like how i'm putting my i'm putting my dollar down on it yeah (laughs) yeah Especially Um, if he steals more office furniture. (laughs) Totally. No, but like, do you guys think that Inslee is going to do anything about the eviction stuff or? 
uh, not not until it becomes an enormous disaster. Like I think yeah. they go let it become a disaster first, right. and then maybe step in, but it's going to be too late, and it's going to be a giant fucking mess. Well, like again, yeah, if your capital and Jansley is uh, in their service, you know, the people. I mean, you can you'd like to see at least some of these people liquidated, and who are going to be the first people when the first starts? Uh, who are going to be out on their ass. It's going to be the most, the poorest, the, you know, the people who can't even hang on for another month. Right. Uh, once this is over. And uh, that's what this is all leading to is this total genocide of the poor and marginalized, uh, whether by the disease itself or economically. Um, yeah. And like Katrina, I think the thing that's going to happen is it's going to become indistinguishable, right? Do people die because of, you know, the floods that happened, you know, in the Ninth Ward? Did they die because of the hurricane? Did they die because of the after effects? Or did they die because the state didn't give a shit about them? And the answer is all of those. Yep. Like every single thing was reinforced by the other right you know and and i mean that's going to be the the pandemic here right you know we'll have people i guess uh counting the you know angels on the head of a pen on this one but like it's it's all of it it, it all worked together yeah uh god that's fucking grim well i mean if you want a grim thing a washington state will be considered probably the state with the best uh response to covid when this is all over and we're going to have comparable death and infection rates to China. Tight. You know, like that's, that's the, that's the bar of success in this country right now. It's fucking wild. Yeah. No, the reality that we are currently living in is just like, yeah, it's, it's a lot to, to take on for sure. Just, yeah, unbelievable. Like, we were able to control the infection so that we had the same number of infections of a country with, you know, almost two billion people, you know, with that billion and a half people in it. Great job. Fucking unbelievable. Amazing. Applause all around. Amazing. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, Yeah. And look, I mean, the other thing. We, who knows how long this goes on? I mean, the, the <laughs> pandemic itself could we could still be dealing with this in three years, and in the meantime, the economic crisis may kill us all first. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But you know, whatever. I guess we'll we'll uh, figure that out on a future episode. Uh, Cassidy, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you. Talking oh, to us. You, you know, the last time it occurs to me before you we let you go the last time we had you on we were talking about um that dude with the music video and i you know i can't help but remembering just now that he seemed to like officially drop out like shortly after we did that episode and published that music video of his great job you guys well hey you you were the one who brought us this uh (laughs) delicious tidbit like you know is there like a, a a quick like state of that of that human being and what his deal is and why he dropped out Oh, God. I mean, I think the the update is just that, you know, there were more legitimate candidates that were running. And I mean, as much of a like shitty human as he may be, I think that he also, you know, probably saw that it was going to be a waste of his time and effort. So good on him for that. OK, I still believe it was the music video. Um, yeah, no, no, <laughs> for so. sure. yeah. <laughs> that music video should have gotten him elected. That's how good it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, totally. in a you know, maybe when he's running for governor against uh, Tim Iman, 
running for his second term. Uh, maybe that'll be the thing that gets him over. No, right. I don't think this is the last that we've seen of Mario. And um, like, we'll definitely keep pulling out that music video whenever we need to. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Yes. Guys, this has truly sucked. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad uh, we, you know, got to talk about this, uh, uh, you know, take a break from everything else and talk about the raging global pandemic. Uh, so, yeah, welcome again to our newest suckers out there. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Thanks, Cassidy. Oh, and hold on. with Let's do a, a plug real quick, Greg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So if you guys go on to uh, the mechanicalfreak.website, you'll find we have a new article up there from one Matthew Van Dyne, who somebody might remember from the Mechanical Freak Presents episode where we talk about China. Uh, speaking of uh, China and the United States, the article is about uh, how China is being used as sort of this anti-communist cudgel by the American state to, one, try and convince people to stop thinking about the pandemic and how bad the American state, like what a disaster the American state is, but also uh, to justify, I don't know, Federal troops black bagging people in Portland and things like that. So uh, it's a discussion of the rhetoric around China and how it's used to justify America's most uh, right wing and awful policies. So okay, yeah, uh, check, check that, that out. out on Mechanical Freak Presents. Yeah, Mechanical. Oh, I'm sorry, Freak Mechanical Freak website, website. Um, new piece up there. What was what's your friend's name again? Uh, Matthew Matt, Van Dyne, Van and there is going, and there is in the next uh, probably two weeks, in about two weeks, we're going to have a long Mechanical Freak Presents episode again, talking about China again. So I know that you guys liked that, so we're cool. going to have some pizza and talk about China. Great, um, cool. All right, uh, thanks again, Cassidy, and we'll see y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.